بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار These are the words we have been encouraged by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to recite frequently during the month of Ramadan testimony of faith seeking forgiveness for our sins asking Allah for Jannah and seeking refuge and protection from the fire of Jahannam In tonight's recitation Alhamdulillah the famous surah Surah Ar-Rahman was recited a very beautiful surah with many verses repeated which of the signs of your Lord would you deny and the address is to insan and jinn kind so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the surah commences with Ar-Rahman and this is obviously why it is named Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahman is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this name is exclusively for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the possessor of perfect mercy and rahmah on his creation and as we previously explained the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rahmati wasi'at kulla shay' The rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encompasses each and every part of his creation. Like the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is exclusively the name of Allah, Ar-Rahman is also exclusively the name of Allah. And this is why in another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلِ دْعُوا اللَّهَ أَوِدْعُوا الرَّحْمَانَ أَيَّمْ مَا تَدْعُوا فَلَهُ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى If you say, Ya Allah, or you say, Ya Rahman, both are the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ulama explained that this is one of the reasons why if a person is named Abdul Rahman, it's not permissible for you to call him Rahman. The other names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have, they have many meanings and many uses in the Arabic language. So, for example, the word Rashid is one of the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the word is not exclusively used only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Arabic language. It has other, other uses as well. So therefore, if somebody is named Rashid, there's no harm. But the word Rahman is exclusively for Allah. So to call somebody Rahman would be impermissible. Like it would be impermissible to call somebody with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the word, the name of Allah itself has its own beauty. And this is why the ulama encourages us, encourages us to, to learn to say the name of Allah properly. To say Allah properly with thickening the sound when we take the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is called the Lam of Ta'zeem. The Lam in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is thickened. The thickening sound is actually to express greatness and attribute respect and sanctity to the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, La taqoomu sa'a hatta yuqal Allah, Allah. Qiyamah will not come until there are people on this earth taking the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah make us amongst them. The next verse, Al-Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is Ar-Rahman, is the one who taught the Quran. He taught the Quran to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Jibreel alayhi salam was not the teacher of Allah. Allah taught him, but Jibreel alayhi salam was the medium via which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the revelation to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And what was taught of the Quran was the words of the, of the revelation as well as the meaning. As we will discuss, inshallah, in one of the 
the night's coming, uh, there are some verses discussing the same topic. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Jibreel alayhi salam to present the revelation to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam safeguarded and protected every harf, every letter that was presented unto him. And not only were the words preserved, but also the meaning, the intended meaning of the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that was also taught by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So therefore somebody coming a thousand years after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and picks up the Arabic dictionary and says, okay, this is what I think this should be meaning. Rasulullah sallallahu did not leave the Qur'an to the discretion of the intellect of people to come afterwards. Because there are many places in the Qur'an and in the, in the words of the Qur'an where a person can really be deceived. In fact, in the same surah, when I come to it, I'll mention it, inshallah. So the, the second thing is, Allah Al-Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught the Qur'an, and there are two things. One is, the words of the Qur'an, the ayat, which, we, which the Hufad have memorized and placed in their, in, their, in their bosoms, in their hearts, and also the meaning which, which was conveyed by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this human being and taught him how to converse and speak. This is one of the exclusive qualities of, of human being. Other animals do communicate. It's mentioned in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the ant spoke to Sayyidina Sulaiman alayhi salam. But the method in which we interact and speak with one another, everybody has 32 teeth from their central incisors till their molars, and they have one tongue and vocal cords, and yet they've got different voices, and they say the same words, and these words contain meanings, and those meanings, they have... Uh, an effect on the minds of people, the words have an effect on people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put this, it's like a miraculous sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, in Surah Al-Rum, Allah says, Your variant languages and accents are the sign of uh, the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same amount of teeth and one tongue, and you have people speaking different languages in different parts of the world. This is amongst the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. الشمس والقمر بحسبان The sun and the moon have been created with a perfect system. They, they, they work exactly as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants them to work. We call it clockwork. Tomorrow this time, or tomorrow on this particular date, whatever sunset time was, it will be exactly the same. And this is why we can have a perpetual calendar to assist us in navigating our, our tasks in our daily life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالنَّجْمُ وَالشَّجَرُ يَسْجُدًا This is the verse I want to do touch on. So, if a person knows a bit of Arabic, and you ask him, translate these two words, one najm or shajar. These are easy words in Arabic. The word shajar is the plural of shajaratun, tree. Okay, so trees. And the word najm, the student of Arabic knows, generally it means stars. But yeah, it doesn't mean a star. Here the word najm means the, there are two types of trees. Shajar are those trees which grow on a, on a trunk. And najm are those trees which are like vines. They do not have a trunk, but they grow on other trees. So now, if a person doesn't really know Arabic and he opens up a dictionary and he looks at this word, he's going to say the stars are making sujood. They are obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fulfilling their task. But in this verse, that is not what is intended. How do we know this meaning? This is what we learned from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is why it's so important Rasulullah sallallahu said, that you acquire your knowledge from someone, stay in the company of someone. 
If you're studying medicine, it doesn't matter how many books you've studied, until you don't sit at the feet of a professor or somebody who's an expert in that field, you're not going to benefit the community. You might have information, but how to assist your fellow human being it would be a great difficult task. So sometimes people find certain words. Like once, there was a message going around, and the people were getting a bit confused. They said that, you know, in our community, if there's an alim, they call him Mawlana. They say, it's not jayas to use the word Mawlana, not permissible. How can you say Mawlana for, for your scholar? And I see some smiles on the faces, which means you also received the message. I'm not the only one. So they say, you can't call your scholar Mawlana. Because in the Quran, we recite in the end of Surah Baqarah, we're addressing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we say, Oh Allah, you are our Mawla, Mawlana. So therefore, if it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how can you call your teacher? How can you call your Imam Mawlana? And the message goes on that this is shirk and this is haram and this is ignorance. Whereas in reality, if a person just studies a little bit at the feet of a teacher, you will realize that this objection is a sign of ignorance. Because the word, the word Mawla in Arabic has got 15 meanings. The one word has got multiple meanings. And depending on the context in which the word is used, that is how the meaning would be understood. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself uses the word Mawla for other than himself. In Surah Al-Tahreem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when there was an incident that happened between Rasulullah sallallahu and his wives, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَإِن تَظَاهَرَ عَلَيْهِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ مَوْلَاهُ If they try to dominate Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, know well that Allah is the Mawla of Rasulullah. Okay? The word Mawla is used. وَجِبْرِيلُ And Jibreel is also the Mawla of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَصَالِحُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And the pious of the believers are also the Mawla of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, does it mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Rabb of Rasulullah and Jibreel is also the Rabb and the pious mu'minin are also the Rabb? Obviously not. Each one has got its own context. What is suitable for the majesty of Allah, that meaning will only apply, which is the Lord and sustainer and the Rabb, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The word Mawla, one of the meanings is Rabb. Another meaning of the word Mawla is Nasir, a helper. Another meaning of Mawla is Muhsin, a person who does a great favor unto you, like a teacher person who does a favor unto you, he said, Na Ali Karramallahu Wajah says, if a person teaches me one word, I'm prepared to make myself his slave. He can sell me and do with me as he pleases because he taught me a word. So a teacher is a muhsin. And they are also the mawla of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So just sometimes, you know, and this is what I was referring to before Salatul Isha, when we get these messages, and mashallah, we just forward it. And some of us, the worst are these WhatsApp groups where, where everybody can be a hidden mufti behind his, his, his device. When somebody objects to, to the, the message that was sent, for example, they say, but this is incorrect what you are saying. They say, no, I'm just putting it there to ask. But he wasn't asking, he forwarded the message that it's impermissible to use these words. So, respected brothers, it's important for us, whenever there is something related to Sharia, let us not hasten in, in passing verdicts and saying something is permissible or impermissible. Uh, many times there are things which, which are beyond our understanding and we need to expose ourselves to the avenues of information which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made available. فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask those who, who know if you are unaware. Then further on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَالسَّمَاءَ رَفَعَهَا وَوَضَعَ الْمِيزَانِ Allah has lifted up the sky. Allah has created the lofty and the beautiful sky and placed a scale, a system, a balance on earth. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created everything perfectly with a balance. In fact, the earth itself is balanced. And just to give you an example, I mean, I, I don't know all the specifics. Some ulama can give you the specifics of the weight of the earth and the mountains and the distance from the sun. I'm not going to pretend that to know all those details, okay? But obviously we know that it's a, it's, it's a magnificent amount of weight. There's rocks, mountains, and oceans on the earth which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. Now just keep that in your mind for a moment and a simple example. You know, sometimes when we're driving and you feel there's a shadow on the, on the, on the steering wheel, then we go to the specialist and they take the tire off and they tell you you're 10 grams uh, out here. You know, they need to put a weight in on, your, on the inside of your, of your room or one has to go on the outside or there's a few grams missing here and there. When they replace that few grams, then we, f we find some stability again back on the steering wheel. Now imagine that is such a small part of our existence, a small part of the conveyance that we are using. A minute difference and variation in the weight can result in the discomfort of the shuddering of the steering wheel. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this entire world and everything besides it as well. Allah has created it. And while we are here, we, with all our weight, are moving freely in this dunya from one side to the other. Then you have a ship moving from one side to the other side of the dunya. You have planes, cargo planes, and you have trucks moving all over. The weight continuously moving on the surface of the earth. Yet Allah has kept the earth stable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept the balance of this earth. It is Allah who has created it. And He is the one who placed it. Otherwise, if that small amount can make our tire shake, the amount of weight which is, which is moving around in the dunya logically would require that there would be some imbalance in the dunya for some moment when, they, when there's too much weight on one side. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept the balance. And one of the lessons of this balance, to ensure that you maintain a balance and you use your measure correctly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah fil mizan. That when it's time for you to measure and deal with other people, then you measure correctly and deal with people. And this is a general rule. This is why in the 30th Jews, Wailulil Mutafifin, woe unto Mutafifin. Mutafifin are those people who cheat in, in, in their measurement. That when they give, then they cheat and they give less. And when they take, they take more. It might seem to be something ancient, but if you apply our minds, this happens in many fields of our life. Uh, you, whether you're going to purchase a car and the person tells you, Wallah, mana, if you don't buy this car, there's already 10 people waiting for this car. And he, he shakes you up nicely. And after you purchase the car without istikhara, you realize there's a cheaper car of a, uh, with lower mileage somewhere around the corner. So people adjust the mileage on the vehicles. Or you go to... Uh, any particular field, person selling material and he gives you less or he charges you more or a person is in the medical field. Just for example, maybe he doesn't, he charges you for something that he didn't do. Or somebody is sick in hospital and he gets, people get charged for things that they, that they did not use. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown us the perfection of his creation that everything has a fixed measurement and therefore, when you deal with one another, with fellow human beings, ensure that you also deal with correct measurement. Do not cheat people and deceive them. Whether it be an employee at work, so he's doing a job, he's paid to work from, from 8 to 4. And the, the time that he's supposed to be working, he's busy with his device, or he's making international calls to his family overseas, or he's not doing his work. So that is also, in, Imam Malik rahimahullah says, all this is included in mutaffifin, the people who cheat in their measurement. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of us. 
Then the next surah which was recited was Surah Al-Waqi'ah, the famous Surah Waqi'ah. And this is a surah which has many, many blessings. And its recitation also yields a lot of benefit. And I will just briefly touch on one. Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu an, Amirul Mu'mineen, the third Khalifa of Islam, he went to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud before he passed away. And he said to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Ma tashtaki? What, what, is, what is wrong? What, what is bothering you? He was sick. So what are you feeling? What is, what is the problem? He said, Dhunubi. I'm complaining about my sins. Not his fatal, his final sickness is on his deathbed. But he said, I'm worried about my sins. And who are we talking about? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, if anybody wants to learn the Qur'an and learn to recite it the way it was recited by Jibreel alayhi salam, then he should learn it from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, ibn Ummi Abd. Learn to recite it like Jibreel. What greater guarantee and certificate can a student get than from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in that way? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was of short stature. He wasn't very tall. And he had thin legs, his shins were but thin. One day they were doing some work, the Sahaba, and some of the Sahaba looked at his legs and he said, hey, look how thin are his legs. And Rasulullah heard that and he said, one of those legs on the day of Qiyamah will be weightier than Mount Uhud. One of his legs weighs more than Mount Uhud by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this Abdullah ibn Mas'ud says, Dhunubi, I'm, 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 I'm disturbed and I'm worried about my, my sins. So Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu said to him, Ma tashtahi, what do you want? Do you want anything? He said, yes, I want one thing. Rahmata Rabbi, I want the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says, should I send to you, ursil, ursilu ilayka tabiban? Should I send a doctor to you, a physician? So he said, at-tabibu alladhi amradani. The true physician and giver of cure is the one who gave me the sickness, so I don't need a doctor, I'm going to make sabr. Whatever sickness Allah has given me, I'll be patient. Then he said, Hallaka haja, aqdiha min baytil mal. Is there any need that you have that I can give you from the baytul mal so that at least you can fulfill your needs? Or if something happens to you, your daughters could be taken care of. So Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anh said, Don't worry about my daughters, because I had Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, Man qara'a surat al-waqi'a kulla laylatin, lam tusibhu faqatun abada. That person who recites surat al-waqi'a every night, you will never be afflicted with poverty. Never be afflicted by poverty. I made my daughters habitual of reciting Surah Al-Waqi'ah every night. Respected brothers, sometimes we might have heard this hadith many times. And our elders and parents and grandparents, they were the ones who didn't possess the information about this hadith maybe. But they were making amal on it. We've got all the, the messages are going around Surah Waqi'ah and Surah, Surah, Surah Tabarak and Surah this and Surah that. But it's merely staying on our device. We're not reciting it. So the old people, they were better off because they made amal, they had amal in their life, although they didn't have the information. We've got the information without amal. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anh said that these were the words that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa told me, and this is what I, what I embedded in the hearts of my daughters. You recite surah waqi'ah, Allah will protect you from all types of poverty. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us also tawfiq to practice on these instructions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so that Allah may show us the benefits in this dunya as well as in the akhirah. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين